0: thorson you're awesome i appreciate it thank you you are awesome man your yeah. stream is this normal for your stream what's been
1: happening the past 10 minutes what do you mean
0: like all the subs
1: no that's viewers? that is completely unusual um this is it is, because of me it is because of you specifically you are considered <laughs> the greatest Programmer I know of in our generation. I, I some, some has e- some have even uh called you the John Carmack
0: Of this generation, of even this though generation. John Carmack still okay. Well m- might not be our generation, but yeah,
1: he's not our generation. How old are you
0: I? Wouldn't tell okay. I guess I'm we're the same age. I'm 34.
1: I'm 35 first off so respect your elders Okay, next time you come in here acting like that respect, respect. <laughs> Okay uh, all all right, right, here we go. Uh, let me let me get this last little thing going, and then I should be good to go. I'm going to add in uh, ping or parrot. Goodness gracious! What a scuffed intro. I think it's going to start showing up. So now, yep. Here we go. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Look at Chat how is in here. shitty that looks Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like you know.
0: Nice, you, nice, nice.
1: You think out of you think I'd be better at this by now? Torsten gang, nice. You think I'd be better at this, but I'm not. Hmm. All right, here we go. I'm going to leave chat right around there. Because here's the problem. Is chat's a bunch of degenerates. You know, I like them. Yeah, I like them. But you know what? You know, I've seen them say some things that make me want to ban them all. Okay, you're like having (laughs) fun. And the next thing you know, they're just saying things that are going to get them banned.
0: So far, this is the best chat I've seen. I'm not going to lie. Like, this was pretty good so far.
1: What's so good about him? Tell me. Why don't you give People a chat People say a Torsten, comment?
0: gang. I love Torsten. Uh, uh, what was the other one? Here. Uh, your student is here, Torsten. My name was spelled wrong, but you know, still mm-hmm. counts. Amazing. Like this is, uh, you know.
1: Well, chat's now officially blushing. Okay. You can see it. Uh, you can see I it hope on so. them. Yeah. I should.
0: They should. Well deserved.
1: In fact, I'm blushing. I just have an anti-blush filter on, so (laughs) you can't, you don't even (laughs) see it. All right, I'm going to update the, uh, I got to update two more things, and we're ready to go, okay?
0: I am. I thought this was it. I thought we were already winding down. After this intro, where you called me the Disc Generation's Best Programmer, I thought it's going downhill from there.
1: It is. I mean, it it truly is, because you're about to expose how great you are. (laughs) So please get ready, everybody, to be not disappointed or disappointed. I'm not really sure. Yes, I rebase. You do rebase? Yeah, you should. You should always rebase your your changes on top of master. Condense it yes. down to one. Make it very obvious what you're doing.
0: Favorite language, Go. Whew, tough one. Uh, I like Go. I like the simplicity and the aesthetics of Scheme and Lisp. I will say this.
1: Wait, w- what? Yes.
0: Yes, I like, I do like Go. I have to say, I do like Go. I've also been programming Rust for the past uh, two years, and I'm starting to like it.
1: Have you rewritten all of your bad ideas in Rust?
0: No, I don't rewrite stuff.
1: Are you a software I just engineer? Pick and-
0: <laughs> and, and honestly, I've never re- rewritten anything in my life.
1: I don't believe you at all. You're telling me... First try, 100%.
0: For and every single shit, time? and then I would duct tape it and fix it, and then it's like, nope, I'm not gonna rewrite it. I honestly
1: never rewrote anything. I'm, I'm serious I can't like, tell. I can't tell if you're just messing with me at this point because this seems no, magical. No, I'm serious. Really, I rewrite no. like. Do you mean like a project, like a side project, and you finished it, and it's or, or like at work or something? Sure, sure. Pick pick anything. It doesn't even matter. How about at work? Have you ever rewritten anything?
0: I mean, small things, but not like a big, you know, you had to redo some stuff, but it's not like, all right, this doesn't work. We need to rewrite it in this other language or something. Okay. That that never
1: happened. But yeah, language rewrites are pretty, pretty rare. I, I would definitely say that.
0: Yeah. I mean rewrite as in continuously refactor like the the, whose ship is it like the ship of something where you replace each part and then at the end of the day you're wondering is it still the same thing that I did you know where you take the last commit and the first commit and they don't share anything but is it a rewrite I don't know it's a it's evolution yeah I would say
1: progressive refactoring I think Martin Fowler calls it that little progressive refactoring that makes sense though that that's a that's a totally normal move um but this I don't want my employer to hear this specifically my boss because then he will know that I can't rewrite things in Rust because we're a large C++ application yeah. and we just got dynamic linking like all nicely put together everything's fantastic and I am first up to try rustifying some things and so I'm getting nice. ready I'm getting my hands clean and smooth everything very excited.
0: Do you have any do you have any rules on that like can you do that as long as you fulfill the API or something or is it company by you you know these are the five languages you're allowed to use or something
1: netflix uh you know what our expense policy is at netflix no this is legally on the books act in netflix's best interest yes you want to guess what programming languages we can use
0: java and c and javascript
1: act in netflix's best interest <laughs> Nice. Right, like so, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'll defy I'm not going to do anything wild, even though we have the capability. There's no way I'm going to be like, well, I got to write something really quickly uh for our JavaScript engine, so I'll just write it in Rust and compile it to WASM and make sure we have a WASM engine running. Right, like you know, there's things I I, I yeah, shouldn't yeah, yeah. do. You know. Yeah, I know. I was I, have to say, like that. If you would have asked me like five years ago,
0: do you think it's a good rule that the company limits the number of languages being used at the company? I would say no. That's stupid. You know, back then. This was 10 years ago, maybe. Uh, uh, Immutable infrastructure microservices, the original idea before it came a meme, there was this whole thing of, um, you know, Chad Fowler made this popular, like, uh, you have a service and it should be this long. Look, you can rewrite it in a week, like Mm -hmm. really small. And he said, I don't care what language you write it in because it's so small, like I can rewrite it. You know, yeah. it's, it's a, I don't know, 2,000 lines, whatever. Um, and I was like, this is the way to go, you know? Like, you, you set clear barriers, APIs, and then you leave the freedom and the autonomy to the person implementing it. But then I worked for a short period of time for a company where you had all of these projects, and you were like, how do you compile this? And the person left the company. Then you go to another project, and you're like, there's instructions but they're 3 years old. The version won't compile on this system anymore. It's nobody else knows how to get this to work. And then you realize, sure I could rewrite this <laughs> yeah. in a week, but I really don't want to. So, you know, you should have stuck stuck with the old I don't know stack or something.
1: That is definitely so, that yeah. is so true. There there is definitely like that problem where even if a language is great and all that total autonomy kind of sucks because there's still just tribal knowledge and pre-built yeah. infrastructure that works a certain way like just discovery right oh yeah. well now you have to write your discovery client in COBOL because you chose to have COBOL as your service you know language yeah. and so it's just like yeah maybe you don't want to do that maybe you don't want to rewrite the universe every single time someone yeah. finds something new
0: also if you do it in the same language then you have like this i guess you can merge it or morph one thing into the other or you know link it or whatever like you have more options to then move it around the company or in your projects versus uh-huh. i guess dynamic linking as you hinted at like we've nicely put dynamic linking in it's it's not without effort to get this working well so yeah i uh, don't know pays off it does pay but <clears throat> Well, maybe not that I was gonna jump into the controversial bit and like JavaScript front end back end and stuff like this. It hit where me it right now. Like, I
1: was yeah. my brain the only thing I've been thinking about is like write your own language. Yeah, well then <laughs> node happens. Like that's all my brain was doing, but I was I was not jumping in.
0: Yeah. But that I think that was a big I don't know, from my side it was this whole all of these things, I guess, are to a large extent about the social aspect, like who can you hire? What's the hiring market like? Blah, 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 blah. And when you then have a bunch of front end engineers and the market, the hiring market looks good. And then you can, you know, you can use the same hiring mechanisms that you have in place to fulfill your backend position. It sounds enticing, but I don't know, like a friend of mine said, uh, turns out you can't just take front end people and put them on the backend, even if it's the same language.
1: Yeah, that uh that makes so, sense.
0: That makes sense to me.
1: You know, you can't it, it's this this thing that always gets tried where it's like, all right, um this does work, therefore we can just put anyone into it. It's just like, well, not all things work that way. Some things you really can do that with. I yeah. feel like there's aspects of front end, there's aspects of back end that are very easy yeah. to do this with, but there's some that are just like super hard. Right?
0: Yeah. Front yeah, I have the same thing with front end where I'm, I know enough to be kind of dangerous in it. And first thing I did in my programming life, like, you know, building websites and then JavaScript and HTML and whatnot. Um, But to truly know, you know, for example, if you have a complex React application, to truly know how stuff is being rendered, how the browser renders it, what the performance implications are, that's like, that's another level. Like, that's just not something where you Google three terms and then read two articles and you got it down you this is something you gain with experience i feel and i don't i don't have that at
1: all yeah uh it's it's sometimes fun though right i i kind of like i like the bit i wish i could change things up more at my job i kind of wish i could just always work on something useless i mean that's my personal favorite thing to work on it's just nonsense stuff which it doesn't really yeah i love just building nonsense and sometimes you know uh you gotta have react or some front end thing come in and build something and so you're just like ah, i'll just make it work out right
0: i don't know well, what's your definition of nonsense like you you throw it away like a prototype or something or it's you the experiments or whatever like what, what's your definition
1: um well nonsense when i say nonsense it's usually something in which it doesn't have any sort of real value can i put it that way <laughs> yeah okay you know what i mean yeah. like it, it, it's it, no one's gonna be like hey i want to i want to pay you for making that one right they're gonna be just like yeah what do you why'd you build that And you're like i don't know it just seemed it seemed funny at the time <laughs> and so that's kind of like how i like to do things i find that to be really sorry i'm still messing with my stupid chat it's just none of it is right okay i used to have such a beautiful chat now it sucks <laughs> but yes i mean What's- like I like, I have this idea that's been brewing in my head right now and I'm so excited, which is I have an idea for a button, a big, big button. And I can't tell you what this button is doing, but it's gonna be awesome. And it's gonna be completely worthless. No one will ever actually use it for any real, any things, but it just makes me so excited to know that it's possible that I'm gonna be able to do this.
0: That's the opposite of what motivates me really go on yeah like at work if i've had projects where um it you know the boss says you could try building this and i know it's probably not going to be used and i could choose anything i want to build it 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 doesn't motivate me like there's no i can't do it like really? I, I need to know somebody is going to use it i need to know that somebody is going to pay money for it it's just, it drives me mad. Like interesting,
1: interesting. when
0: I'm working on something and it's even, even if it's okay. Like there's different, you know, balances that or different things, scales that need to be in balance. If, if it's really interesting and you're learning new stuff as you do it and you're like, okay, I'm learning a new language. I'm learning a new database, blah, 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 blah. If that is the case, it might not be as important for me for my motivation that it's valuable, but if I don't learn anything new, like if I just use existing technology and I know it won't be used, it's, it's killing me. I, I don't do this.
1: Interesting. So, so what is that? So, so your drive is that you want somebody else to have a good experience. Is that what it is? I want to create when, like, in the in my profession, in the profession context,
0: me working as an engineer, being paid for it. I want to know that I. Uh, make money with what i do that i create value with what i do
1: okay so you want but, to know that there's that su- at the end of the day it's not just something that's fun to build but something that actually yeah. provides a real value to somebody in such a way that they will pay you to build it
0: yes or that the, the company you know profits or whatever yeah i yeah. couldn't like i've had colleagues and friends that that built like a mini uh, you know like say a hidden game easter egg kind of thing on the last of the faq pages or something and they would really thrive on they would like go nuts and put everything yeah. they had into this and like dude th- nobody will see it like it doesn't and it, i couldn't do it well what about, do the,
1: what about like the okay so say you had a million people that use your product the five people who get to the end of the fact page and they go this is the greatest thing that that moment of joy when you discover an easter egg you're telling me that that's not yeah okay yeah that
0: uh, yeah some yes like this could be like the on the list of motivating things like making okay. a good joke this is also on there but i don't know. like on my side projects i noticed this lately it's this what motivates me and i feel like i'm seeing well I guess I'm seeing this in your stream sometimes, but what motivates me is this: um, I don't know how something works exactly, or there's something I want to learn. And then once I figure it out roughly, then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I figured it out. Now let's move on to other things. I'm not, I'm not a completionist, of 100% person that says, you know, I figured it out. Yeah. Let's make it perfect. Like let's sweat the details. I'm more like, okay, I figured the rough parts out but then let's move on let's figure out the next thing
1: what about uh video games do you do you approach it kind of the same way do you play video games are you someone that just wants to beat the game and then be done or it's not just not for you at all since there's no external thing it's it
0: i'm not the typical video game player i play video games to i don't know to just have fun for an hour or something i'm i'm not i'm the opposite of the people that grind through video games yeah i'm not that person either like what's that game uh Elden Ring. Th- this, yes exactly and i heard everybody <laughs> i heard everybody talk about this and i was like this is absolutely not for me like i would turn this off after 20 minutes and not play it again I, so- and people were like i tried for 20 times i tried 30 times i'm like nope i wouldn't do it
1: really really no
0: not at all with the thing is
1: that's just, it's, I, sorry, this is hard for me to hear. Like, this is so different than how I approach the world. So I'm just like, oh, my goodness.
0: The weird thing is, like, debugging stuff, for example, like fixing a bug, the, I can do this for hours and just sit on this and try stuff and try it again and figure out more and more. But I feel like it's because the feedback is different in that the computer it's faster like you don't have to reload and then walk 10 minutes again to go to the boss and then try again and reload and walk 10 minutes again yeah yeah, it says okay you can get closer and closer to the bug you can zone in you can you can build your test cases up and then once you have it you're like done it's binary yes it's fixed you know except for the really shitty bugs where (laughs) you
1: where it's not binary to begin with
0: yeah where you have to really get close you're like ah, 99 percent of cases it's fixed but yeah yeah Yeah, that happened
1: i've i've been there many a times in fact yeah, I can't even talk about it. It's at Netflix. with my super secret project. It's very, very exciting. But yeah.
0: The big red button.
1: The big red button. Okay. So that, that's interesting because... So what motivates me is challenge. Uh, that's probably yeah. my most primary one is challenge or fun. Uh, I really enjoy the idea of something that I can't do. Like, it's like, if someone's like, hey, you need to go, you know, like a recent one was like, go build HTTP2. I was just like, oh, can I do that? I mean, I I, I think I could yeah. probably get all of it done, but I don't know. There's a lot to that. So, therefore, I'm going to go and I feel like I could do this. And so, then it's just like, all right, I'm going, I'm going. Okay, I think I got yeah, this. And then it starts getting hard and I don't exactly know, like, if I can really complete this. Because then you start getting to the stream priority and all that crap. And you're like, no, I'm going to crush it. It's the same reason why I really liked Elden Ring, right? Because it's like, okay, here you are. You're a guy that walks around and in one hit you're dead. So can you make it? And you're just Jesus. like, I can make it because I am good enough to be a winner. <laughs> you know, and so it's like the challenge of it that, is su- super fun for me. That's the opposite. For, like if, so here's how I
0: got into compilers with... Basically, seeing this, you know, college drop out. I haven't done any computer science courses, compiler stuff, blah blah blah. Were you so not
1: compilers at university? Sorry? Did you not go to university? Sorry, you just kind of said. Something. I studied
0: philosophy and then dropped out, and I, uh, you know, figured a more lucrative wow. career would probably be software engineering. You know. Wow. Okay. Um, sorry. Sorry
1: for interrupting. Keep on going. That just sorry when someone just drops that right in the middle. I have to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, you weren't even. Yeah. Is, yeah. So look, I don't. I didn't. I never had the basics down.
0: I, you know, did web programming as a teenager, Python scripting, IRC bot scripting, blah, 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 blah. Some C, and I gave up once the you know book got to pointers or something. And then basically I again, like it's it's about figuring stuff out. And while I was programming, I started out doing Ruby on Rails and, you know, JavaScript is ten years ago. And then I bumped into these things where it's like, oh yeah, the the garbage collector, and I was like, what's a garbage collector? And then you started digging into this, and then like, how does the operating system manage memory? Blah 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 blah, and you know, I, you end up with I'm looking at Unix books like Unix systems programming, blah, and then I said, you know, I try to figure out compilers, and then I said to myself, I'm going to write about how I figured this out because compilers would be the 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 biggest thing I could pick were like the most challenging thing for a dropout who never studied computer science compilers and but the point I'm getting at is I could never do this if somebody else told me to do it I w- I don't tell anybody about all of this if somebody tells me you need to write a compiler I would yeah, no like external expectations completely mess me up i need to be like implicitly nerd sniped into stuff where somebody would say oh could somebody here i wonder if somebody here could implement http2 <laughs> but no expectations and then they walk out and then i would go like i can do this i can do this
1: interesting but yeah you remind me of a coworker, uh, some coding guy he's he's on twitch and uh everything we've ever done as far as all all of his hack days, the only hack day uh, he ever won at Netflix was also the one I participated in with him. Now, you know, well, no no brag there. But uh, like w- someone was saying that we can't, uh, that it's inefficient to do something at Netflix. And he's just like, is it inefficient to do something at Netflix? <laughs> we will make, we will outperform production servers on a Samsung Galaxy S3. And so we made, you know, nice. like microservices out of a Samsung Galaxy S3s all that kind of stuff, just just to prove a point you can actually be better than what is currently going on in production. Nice. And so it's like one that, of those things, I totally get the uh, nerd sniping where it's like, if someone's like, I don't really think that's possible. You're like, okay. Yeah,
0: exactly. I am
1: doing Dijkstra's shortest path in HTML and CSS then. I will see you next week, sir.
0: <laughs> yeah. I had this at work when uh, we were, this was fantastic team, like four of us sitting around a table, and then somebody would say on the other end, ah, I wonder if we could write a, a small parser for this. And I was like, oh, small parser. And they already looked at me because they knew I would be nerd sniped into it. And they laughed at me like, ah, ha, ha, we knew we would get you. And
1: then you yeah, said no? Did you, at that point you said, I don't want to write a small parser.
0: Uh, I'm not sure if I can do this.
1: <laughs> Sounds hard. <laughs> Sounds lame. It's
0: really weird.
1: really so it's just it it only is simply some so if someone doesn't know you if you don't know the person does this work for like anything so if you're at work and someone new joins the team it's like oh man i I don't even know if someone could fix this like does is that the thing that gets you to run off yeah
0: that wouldn't yeah i get. yeah but it it needs to be without i don't know what it is maybe i'm super messed up but about (laughs) you know when it comes to expectations but it's this whole like you know, I wrote these two books, I think, yeah. Oh, you I know, hear you're an award-winning about... author. Is this true? I've never won an award. It, they've been translated to Japanese, Korean, and Chinese, but I've never, ever won an award.
1: Well, but... um, I'm going to say that you won an award on my channel. All right.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, we, have, nice. oh, we, have, oh, we have 1,100 people here right now that all would like to say that you're an award-winning author. Can we get an award-winning author right here, please? Yeah, look at that. You've been awarded. You have been awarded the Privagen Author Winningness Awards.
0: That's nice of you. Also, there was the question. No German version. And no, there's no German version. German programming books, it's... it's Unpopular opinion, like... If you read programming books in German, your time would be better invested in learning English (laughs) instead of... Oh, Instead of such reading a, this book,
1: that's such but a it's great true. <laughs> yes.
0: It's true. Like,
1: do you speak yeah. German?
0: I do. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so so you're not just saying that because you just want to make fun of something. You're, nope. you're like legitimately I, like I'm, I'm, just learning. I'm English.
0: in Germany right now. I'm German. I write and speak German. Although lately I've been struggling with my German because work is in English, writing is in English, mm. reading, watching movies, music, everything is English. And after years and years of this, I really struggle to sometimes find words. And thankfully my wife also speaks English and she can okay. <laughs> help me out. When I'm like that, that's you know, I don't know. The word awkward, for example. There's there's no real equivalent in German. There might be, but then you use this and she's like, ah, you know, I get what you mean. Really? Yeah yeah it's weird that's awkward anyway point point, uh, i was trying to make is uh when i wrote the books i didn't tell anybody that i that i'm writing books and i was like you know can't tell anybody too much too many expectations i'll do this and once i'm done like once i'm 90 percent done i can tell somebody and then a friend of mine this was after the first book he was like why don't you do a a kickstarter or patreon or something for a book i was like dude this is the last thing I would do. Like a Kickstarter where people give me money before I have even done something with the yeah. expectation that I will deliver. No way. That doesn't sound Could never like do you. It.
1: based on this no. conversation, that's that's not you.
0: No, 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 no. Maybe maybe with a like a fake name or something. No, 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 not even that. I can't do it.
1: Can't do it? All right, so so no. what? So you you wrote that you wrote these books, right? They're both on compilers, correct? I think you have a picture of them on your actual Twitter. Uh, you have so writing the, an interpreter the, and writing uh, a compiler, correct?
0: Yeah, the first one is called writing interpreter in Go. Uh, the second one, writing a compiling in Go. It, they're sequels, or the, the second one is a sequel to the first one. So they're about the the same code base. In the first one, you write an interpreter, like a standard, uh, you know, tree walking interpreter. From zero lines to I don't know whatever it is, uh, three thousand I think, or maybe less, uh, including tests. It's TDD in the book, um, which I really wanted because every other compiler book I'm looking at, there's no complete source code for any project. If there is, it's a zip file you can download on like some .edu thing in mm-hmm. like a, a tilde home directory or something with a make file, and it doesn't work anymore. So 100%. I wanted to put tests in there. And also, uh, Go was a great choice. I'm sure you can, like, it's been so stable. The code I wrote back then, 2016, still works as it did today. Um, that It works today as it did back then. Um, so yeah, first one is an interpreter. And the second one builds on the first one, takes the interpreter, and turns it into a bytecode compiler and a virtual machine. Mm. So you take the AST, you compile it to bytecode, Built a machine at, at the same time, and then you end up with like a... It is a compiler. It translates from one language to the other, although I argued last week with somebody on Twitter about whether it is a compiler because it doesn't emit machine code or, you know, assembly or something. But... Do they call
1: it a transpiler? Is that what it is? <laughs> I've heard uh, that, that, tra- that in college when I went to that. They're like, well, this is a yeah. transpiler because it goes from one to another, right? You go into yeah. LLVM or whatever, you're now... You technically haven't compiled it all the way yet.
0: My definition is uh, a compiler translates from one, one language into another language and an interpreter interprets one language and does what the language you know yeah. says you should do. That's my definition. And if there's one I thing I learned getting into compilers is uh, it's really fuzzy what a compiler is. Um, if you look at the big... You know, say a JavaScript engine, where they have an interpreter, a JIT compiler, then they have some other base compiler that doesn't do optimization, and then you have the optimizing compiler and then the JIT compiler afterwards. And the lines are really blurry because you call the whole thing the engine, but it's mm-hmm. made up of multiple interpreters and compilers, and one thing interpret the one compiler interprets the thing that another compiler outputs and you know, I don't know. The lines are blurry.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think sometimes people get exceptionally pedantic about, like, exactly yeah. what these things mean. Um I, I'm not really one to get too pedantic. I think you're probably spot on with just, hey, if it goes from one thing to another thing, that's compilation. Yeah. You can call that, trans, you know, transpilation, whatever uh, yeah, however yeah. you want to call that. It's just like now you're just...
0: I guess I guess the common definition of transpiling is from one high-level language to another high-level language, right? Ah, like you say, from, stupid, stupid. from Ruby to JavaScript or something. First but off, then again, the definition of high-level language is pretty vague, you know? Like if you look at a book from 20 years ago, C was considered the high-level language. You Rust know? feels oh.
1: like a high-level language. <laughs>
0: There you go. You know? And it is a low-level systems language, so.
1: And it's not it's most certainly not a high-level language, but it really <laughs> feels like it, which makes you make dumb decisions sometimes, I feel like. Yeah, cuz it feels and, so easy.
0: <laughs> and the Rust compiler actually also doesn't emit machine code by itself. It emits, you know, LLVM IR, so. Yeah. There you go. Boom. Also yeah,
1: That's a high-level language in comparison to what the CPU yeah, that's, does. That's a, term. That's
0: a transpiler.
1: <laughs> that's <an> easy transpiler.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's splitting hairs. I don't know. I find, yeah. But I, it's a huge source of also, you know, imposter syndrome, this whole um certain, like, not having studied this at college, um I lack the precision with these terms like mm-hmm. transpiler, okay one thing but you know semantic analysis data flow analysis where i can give you a rough definition of what it is but i'm sure if somebody really knows what they're talking about they can then point out and say oh, actually you know this is not data flow analysis because it's you know this or that or something it doesn't fit that definition so
1: How, where have you actually ran into that because i at your job you don't actually write compilers or no. anything to do specifically with compilers uh yeah so where have you ran into this imposter syndrome like? On t- <laughs> Just Twitter. on Twitter, online. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. Like everything you know, you, you, you measure against what you see every day. And you, I don't know, it's weird, of course. But yeah. then you see somebody writing something and you're like, that sounds really fucking smart. I couldn't write this tweet even or something. But yeah yeah at work I don't do well you know i I do use some of what I learned doing compilers, yeah. but i don't I don't work on a compiler
1: yeah you I mean you work on dev tools, therefore yeah. your proximity to compilers get a lot shorter say than if I'm working in react right the the yeah. distance is definitely it's different
0: there's also um there's I feel like I used a lot of the things you learn when you work on a compiler like uh you know parsing for example is a big one like once you know how to write a parser you can kind of see like you're easily tempted into writing another one like for small things somewhere even in like a little dsl or whatever like a query language yeah and then you know or um like the vm pattern like where you where you have instructions and you You interpret them, you know, execute something. So, for example, um, I have a test case for a little CLI application we worked on, and the CLI application um, outputs, you know, the color codes, TTY color codes, escape codes to do, you know, color output, but also new line going up and erasing. How you do uh, terminal UI? Where you, weirdly enough, in 2022, you need to print four lines and then when you want to print something up here you say go up with the cursor go to the left go here and then print over this and then the rest print white space blah 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 so i wanted to integration test our cli so that to check whether the terminal output is correct and i wrote a little like it's this big it's really this big like a little tty emulator or vm where you just look at the output and you check for the escape code. And then depending on what the you know escape code is, go line up, line down, left, right. You'd save internal state and you record the output and I had like amazingly nice integration tests for CLI tool. So that's wow. also, you know, where I'm like oh, this is a VM I'm building. You know, like there's some parsing involved and then it's also VM where you interpret yeah. stuff and execute stuff. So that was really nice.
1: Interesting. So you you almost built puppeteer but for cli applications is what i'm hearing there's a uh, <laughs> i guess i guess
0: <laughs> i have i actually haven't found anything that does it i yeah. was surprised like if there's not a lib or something where you it acts like a terminal but then you can say give me just the raw string output without the colors or something and then you get like an 80 character by what like 30 lines or whatever 24. or 10 lines yeah and you get that and you can do assertions about that. That would be oh, cool.
1: That is pretty neat. I, I like that, I, I, I like those things a lot. They're a lot of fun to write. I always find that anytime I have the chance, like, oh man, I, I'm writing something for Netflix and one of my coworkers, he's gonna use it in a much different way than my other coworker. One's gonna use it as a library, the other one uh, would probably benefit a lot more from it as a standalone tool. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what I could do? I could write an FFmpeg style input where you effectively say all these stages of, you know, and then now I'm building, like, I have a whole parser. Oh, nice. I just love doing those things. Nice, but that's the one nice. problem it always comes down to, when you build your own DSL, someone always suggests, hey, can I just add one? Yeah. Bro, yeah. And the then moment up... there's a plus sign, your whole life is ruined, and I hate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's a good example. That's a really good example. Like... um. Your shell is a DSL that people don't realize or is a parser or a language or whatever. Yep. And you you know uh SQL, you know people don't it is a language that needs to be interpreted and parsed. Then um most search bars that you have, they have like a syntax where you can have operators and, mm-hmm. and you know some predicates and whatnot. that also needs to be parsed. And stuff like this what you just I, I find it's really interesting because once you discover these patterns and use them they're super powerful they can be super powerful and what I think if you don't know how to implement this but then learn how to you kind of cross this threshold where suddenly the world is wide open to you and you're like I know how to parse stuff you know yeah and I know how to translate stuff and that's that's really nice
1: so so with with that kind of said, obviously we have a bunch of engineers right now in chat. Uh, how much, yeah. uh, you have two books out. Is writing an interpreter like a great way to kind of learn some of these skills? Uh, yeah. Because that's kind of like the more intro level one, I would assume. Because I, I personally judge a lot on a language in how they operate on strings, right? I really, really, really like Rust because of just how well it operates on strings. Um, yeah. it's just one of those things where in that go I feel less happy about because you know, it's just I've never liked that pattern where you're always calling into a function and passing it in as opposed to calling it on the string. It's another reason why I actually have a really hard time with Zig, because there is no string in Zig. You just get you you just get U8. Which which for me is like, well, there's a whole lot of foot guns floating around in that if you're just getting U8 because it's very easy to make not Unicode. Like, yeah. It's not even that hard. And so then all of a sudden now you're just screwed. I
0: felt Yeah, the, the interpreter one, a lot of people wrote me over the years that they uh, re-implement the interpreter in different languages, not in Go. Even while mm-hmm. reading, like Go is exceptionally easy to understand, even if you've never written any Go code, you know, yeah. compared it's, to Rust. It's like, very,
1: very simple language
0: yeah so people translate on the fly to their own language and then implement it and yeah like you learn patterns like this like just taking like a flat text like a string and translating it into a tree like a manageable data structure i feel like this is the first light bulb moment where you're like oh you know out of unstructured data, I'll make it structured data. And now I walk this tree and oh, if this is a plus, I take the other twos and you know add them, blah, yep. blah, blah. And you interpret them. So that's the big light bulb moment. And then in the second book, of course, you're translating to bytecode, which is this whole you start out with a tree um where you know you have to say you have a function call or something, and uh, the function adds two numbers. Every time that function is called, you would need to interpret that AST again. And like, is it a plus, a minus? What mm-hmm. are the two operands? Blah, blah, blah. And then you realize, I can save this work. Like I can cache this. So you can translate it into another language, which is just a bytecode where you say plus these two numbers. So you don't have to walk the tree and check what it is. And this pattern of, you know, this is a really simple example, but this pattern of, You take something in one form of data or in one data structure, and you turn it into something else, in which then the thing that you want to do becomes easier. Once you've done this a few times, you see this everywhere. Whereas, like, yeah, you know, I need to do this with this data, but it's really hard. Oh, let's first transform the data. Because I want these properties to be true about the data. I want to access it like this. And once you've done this, like, uh, you see it everywhere. And you use it everywhere. And then you start with this whole weird like, oh, this is a compiler. This is a compiler. This is a compiler. Because then everything looks like a compiler to you.
1: I mean, isn't that pretty is much nice. all of programming? Taking yeah, A yeah, yeah. and turning it into B? And that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right? JSON yeah. to React. Are you not building you a compiler? Are you not entertained, yeah. compiler builder?
0: Everything translates the intention of the user into what the computer understands boom done yeah everything is a compiler
1: everything is a compiler look at that we're all compiler engineers and we didn't even know that i don't think my wife would be impressed if she knew that uh which is unfortunate i'm gonna have to teach her. uh so anyways uh i the teacher how oh, cool i am I, I am now a compiler engineer uh, i always looked up i always thought people who built compilers were the the pinnacle, right? There's people who build Mm -hmm. OSs and people who build compilers. I always thought that was the pinnacle. And you're over here. You didn't even go through any traditional learning path. You didn't do any of that. And now you have books on it and all that. Uh, Do you ever, I mean, are you ever going to keep, are you keeping going? Are you done with all of this? Do you feel like you're going (laughs) to one day go into making... I know you're building another compiler right now that you've complained yeah, about on I Twitter gonna... and several bugs, but are you ever going to do this professionally at some point someday, or is it always a passion project?
0: If somebody hires me to do it, you know, I, I think it's, a, it's. so first of all, yes, I keep on going. I can't, I couldn't shake it off. I wrote the second book in 2018, four years ago, and then um, I built, like, you know, a scheme to x86 compiler, and i got into you know, oh you know how does this work with machine code blah 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 and then i started picking up rust again like one and a half two years ago and i started writing the compiler that i'm writing right now which is an optimizing compiler and mm. this man this this is a whole different it's not a whole different ball game but it's 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 nuts like it, the complexity explodes and it's uh what's the term like Fractally complex you 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 look at one optimization for example let's say dead code elimination right where you look at the code and then you see is this used meaning used yeah. uh, is it either returned or is it passed to another function that's the definition of is it being used and then the other thing of the code that you look at um you remove that's that code you don't need it um that's the simple version but then you can go you know, combine this with like function inlining and you're like, oh, but if this function is put into this directly, then this changes the whole thing about this optimization. Or if we do cross-function calls, code optimizations, eliminations, whatever, like this gets super, super complex. And then you're in this world where you don't see left the language coming in anymore and you don't see right the language going out anymore and all you see is this abstract data where it's a it's a graph of things and operations and you analyze them and you you take it from the left and you reduce it and output it on the right and it should be smaller it should be faster it should be more efficient and it's amazing it's really really cool it's a lot of fun um and i i i you know i'm super proud of this as but self-taught uh, engineer that, um, that most of this stuff is not in easily accessible tutorials or books or something. So I actually yeah. had to read the papers um and I claw myself again and looked up mathematical notation on Wikipedia and whatnot, and you know went through the code and then I did it and it works. And I have you know I have SSA in there, I have optimizations in there, I have code generation, there, I have a register allocator. If you would have told me four years ago someday you'll build this, I was like, no way, man. Like. I'm too dumb for this. Like, this is not my thing. Um, but I did it. Um, but, you know, judging by how I always come back to you're too dumb for this, I don't think <laughs> this will ever stop. Um,
1: Why but, won't it you stop? Know. I mean, because, like, okay, so, so let's just let's just play out what you just said. You said four years ago, if you would have told yourself you're going to do this, and you're like, I, yeah. I, I'm too dumb for that. Now you're doing it. And maybe this, six the, years this ago, always, the... you know, you always can learn, right? <laughs> Given the time and the passion, you will learn
0: Yeah, sure but there's
1: always there's
0: always it always feels like you're scratching the surface like you're um you do code generate like say you do code generation you output assembly you have register allocated like this is amazing and then you see what a, a industrial like you know clang or gcc do or whatever and you see it's not just outputting this and register allocation, you need to take into account on which machine it's running, which instructions are faster, which instruction takes more cycles, what the pressure on the memory is, what the pressure on registers is, blah, blah, blah. blah. And you go, pff, you re- you see this whole, this, where you realize, oh shit, you can spend 20 years on this yeah. and you know, still not have mastered it. So that's nice. I like that, you know, there's always something to learn. That's really nice. But I don't think... Um yeah, I'll I'll I don't I don't see an end of this right now. I'm still fascinated by it. And it's super fun. Like I can highly recommend building compilers to anyone who's only worked on say um web applications, which I did only you know, or, everything I worked at on in my career has been uh say a CLI tool or something where database is involved, yeah. roughly speaking. If you then work on a project where no external dependencies are involved, you will feel programming joy you have never felt before. You can suddenly run your tests in less than a second. There's yep. nothing slowing you down. It's just all in your program. You take strings, you throw them up in the air, you juggle them around, they land, you have a tree, you throw it up again, you interpret it, you have a you know 5 plus 5 equals 10 or something. And it's amazing. It's, it's so much fun. I, you know,
1: so that's, highly it's, recommend it's the it. reason why I like building dumb projects because there is no ex I, I choose what the external dependencies are you know yeah, I can I, I yeah. do what I want like w- what do I want to include in this like those kind of things I find to be very fun because it's all greenfield, yeah. it's self-directed you know I, I, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of optimizations I'm sure you haven't implemented or are difficult yeah, yeah but you get to choose which one you want to do right I, I, I yeah. love I love that level of autonomy where it's just like of all directions possible, which is it that I want to do?
0: yeah when um you have all of these uh, videos where you have your little network servers, right? where you benchmark right? and this is like this looks like a lot of fun to me, where it's mm-hmm. it just the payload there's no shitty business logic involved. You can choose what the payload is. you yeah. like you make it as easy as possible. It's all about the mechanics of how the a gets to B, and you can make it as fast as possible. That's a lot of fun. like, yeah, whenever. Whenever it's just about programming and not solving the problem, that's that's enjoyable. Yeah. If you learn something, that's you know really nice for me.
1: So, so with all of these things that you've been kind of going down, is this optimization? Is this the hardest part you've you've been doing? Because you know you've said, hey, like this was, I couldn't imagine doing this four years ago, but let's go back eight. Imagine writing a compiler. Was that the yeah. hardest step getting into it, or? does it always feel equally hard every step
0: i find um what i found hard uh, the first one was uh parsing like not not writing a parser but conceptually wrapping your head around the recursive descent parser and what it does and then what it turns it into a tree and you know as a web application developer you barely deal with graph data structures in memory right so then it's this whole you learn all of this Mm -hmm. so that was the first one um the second one i would say was compilation where you take something and output another thing that gets then executed so you need to anticipate what The thing that executes what you output will have available. Like you, you look at the function; it has two parameters, and you have again like five. You know, add the two parameters or something, and then like, okay, I can add this, but how will this other thing be able to reference the parameters? How do I do it? And then you, you know, you figure this out, and that's a big light bulb moment. And then now with the optimizing compiler, um, it really starts to get about graph data structures and graphs yeah. where you you parse, you have your AST. Okay, cool. We know this. Then even you have your IR, like your internal representation, and you output machine code or assembly code. That is this, roughly the same thing as with the bytecode. Um, but then in the middle, it gets really abstract where you then suddenly, I don't know, um you you have to look at your code in an abstract thing where you have an if else and then it's you look at it in, in basic blocks. So you have like a graph of that looks like a diamond where you say if, then you go do this else, you do this, and then you both end up here. And then you need to find out in optimizations like, oh, if the if is always true, that means this path is always taken. But saying this this path is always taken is one thing but actually doing it in code and and walking this graph and updating the graph and connecting all of this stuff so it still makes sense that gets really really tricky it's a lot of fun like you you can go nuts with like debugging tools and test output and whatnot um but it's also really tricky
1: so have you ever tried to make any of these this kind of the side project business that you're doing do you ever try to get it into source graph where you work like do you constantly go hey uh, I think this would be really great for developers. I have all this experience, I think this is a good move. Like, is it feeding back into your work life, or is it fairly abstract, besides for like some of the you know skills you gain?
0: No, not directly. Like, I haven't worked on any say language compilation or interpretation, but th- there is a team in which you know TJ is, we both know him. Um, who's TJ? Th- that, yeah tj T- tj de free uh, his
1: middle name is either big tech telescopic johnson or telescopic johnson
0: that's the one telescopic oh. johnson oh, okay
1: oh tj right there there's tj hey, yeah TJ.
0: and he works on a team that does uh builds language tools where you build indexes and you index languages so you basically have to also kind of interpret the language mm-hmm. you look at the output that the interpreter gives you and you Turn it into some abstract dump of information. You know, think of what a, uh what a language server does. You 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 take in the code base and then you should be able to answer queries like, where is this defined? Where is this being referenced? Stuff like this. Yeah. So this really gets into this. You need to know what a parse is, you need to know what an AST is, you need to know whatever it is. I haven't directly worked on this, but of course it comes up, right? And you You look at debug output and you look at other stuff together. um, But I personally haven't worked on it. I'm all over the place, I guess.
1: Do you you get pulled in uh, often as a reference point? They're like, well, Thorsten, you know a lot about this. Could you please explain to us how a compiler works? I
0: wish. I wish. No, no, no. no. They're good. They're good. They're all much. They're really good at what they're doing.
1: Okay. Okay. So you you don't even have to advise, TJ. He's just off probably reading your books, hoping to gain all the knowledge. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) i think tj
0: yeah tj yeah i think he read one of my books he did. but i don't know what it was for i think it was for his uh, stream or something where he built some parsing and go
1: yeah i think he tried to build vim 9 script interpreter gave up yes and cried yes he cried and that was it and just was like that was his stupid language and then quit that was
0: my nerd snipe uh at a twitch stream title where it, i got the email tj is live uh building a vim nine JIT interpreter or whatever i was like he's building what and i immediately clicked on it yeah tj's upset
1: that was nice. i may or may not be exaggerating some parts of this he's just like, well, actually, that's not, that's not exactly what happened. Um, anyways. <laughs> uh, okay. So besides, okay, so we've kind of covered a lot about really your kind of your passion side projects, but I know you're, yeah. you're not just all passion side project. You're a fairly practical engineer. Uh, we, yeah. we were having a kind of a slight sidebar last night. Wow. While yeah. we were trying to figure out how to get this video to work and all that, I told you it was going to be different. And instead, you're actually seeing both of our images. You're looking at me right now. I know I didn't get a lot of things set up, but uh, so you have some opinions, at least on engineering in general. Um, So I'm not exactly sure where I want to start, uh, but I I always love starting near Twitter. Uh, You do reference a lot of things. You reference all these things that these interactions happen on Twitter and all that. Um, a lot of people in the chat, very very new engineers, uh, a lot of mid-level yeah. engineers. Uh, what are some good advice or things you you know you're kind of you feel strongly about that uh, they may have a different opinion because of things like Twitter and all that?
0: <laughs> Man, you're, you're inviting the hot takes, but oh, yeah. I think I want to I want to say what I learned is ignore. Twitter and ignore a lot of what's popular. Um, but
1: what about Russ
0: Russ is pretty pot. You don't
1: like, ignore everything, right? Right.
0: The problem right. with that advice is I think I, a lot of this you have to live through. You have to experience yourself. One example mm-hmm. is hype cycles, right? So when you're a young engineer starting out and you read Twitter and hack news and whatever, uh, and, and then people say, oh, this is just another hype cycle of blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you're old and jaded and cynical. This yeah. is not hype cycle. This is real. But then you go through two or three hype cycles yourself and then you're like, boy, this is another hype cycle. Like this is not... You know, mm-hmm. this is just hype. So, how do you explain this to somebody without them having gone through it themselves? That's really hard.
1: Do you think it's but, bad that they go through it?
0: No, I think it's good. Everybody has to go through it. I think that's. I think um, time counts a lot. And it, I, you know, I wrote a, a blog post about this a couple of months back. And um, one thing that I said I learned in ten years of programming, professional programming, was. It's really good to work at the same company for multiple years and to see, for example, how a code base evolves over time. because mm-hmm. this is this is where the rubber meets the road. Like you can read all of your books about refactoring and you know maintenance and technological choices and best tool for the job. If you've worked on the same code base for five years, you will then see you know which abstraction made sense. like which yeah. thing I had to fix, Ten times in production at two am which code every every colleague came to me for and I had to explain it because they couldn't figure it out themselves like all of this stuff how I don't think there's a way to 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 take this uh, this advice and kind of package it up and give it to somebody and they will skip all of this they need to go through it themselves and then reflect on this and take their own lessons from it but yes you know on on Twitter like <laughs> I realized like the one big thing that really gets me when people make technological or do give advice on Twitter is they miss the context completely. Where like if you're if you're in a startup with 10 people, you don't have product market fit. This is a completely different thing. Then working in, say, a big game studio, working on a triple A game, like six weeks before the, uh, it's not called branch cut, but whatever it is, right? Yeah. And you need to optimize some performance intensive code. That's completely different worlds. And the w- one advice applied here does not make sense over here. And then you have this in all kinds of directions. Like if you're working on embedded software, of course it doesn't make sense. To take this advice on how you, you know, test your C code and memory profiler when you're shipping some web application for a startup that you don't know will exist in half a year.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: But I think it gets really hard once the stuff looks more similar to each other, where people like, you know, everybody picks on this, oh, at Google, they do it, so we do it too. But if say somebody says advice, oh, this is how our web application had to scale and we had to do this and this and that. Um, you're like, oh, we're also building a web application. We also do this. We also have mobile clients and whatnot, so we should do this. But it's still, this is a covenant 500 engineers. You are five engineers. What they do might not make sense in your context. And then there's a lot of, you know, thought leaders and tech leadership or whatever you want to call it that leave all of this out completely, yeah, maybe they only worked in big companies, and they assume it's everywhere. It's the same. They've never worked, you know, in an agency, which is completely different than a startup, which is completely different than a, uh, you know, a startup that deals with government, which is different than a big tech company, game studio, whatever. Um, so yeah, that riles me up. Like when people leave yeah. that out.
1: Hey, but I mean, to be to be fair, I'm, I'm gonna go play devil Ab- devil's advocate here you don't really have room for context on Twitter. Uh, And and, and there's no, and there's also no really desire, if you will, for context on Twitter. Uh, The best, you know, my quote unquote best tweets are the ones in which I just say something that I know is going to get people to feel something. Right. Uh, Sometimes I got called Hitler this morning. Right. And so it's like, there's, (laughs) there is a level in which, you know, and it was actually me making fun of or calling HTML a programming language. I got called Hitler. for that. But I mean, nonetheless, it's just like one of these things where it's like, it's, it's really really fun to say something yeah and that's it right there is no context because the context ruins the funness right yeah
0: you have the big advantage that people can see you on stream and they then take this into account when reading your tweets right yeah but then if you would if you would put a serious picture of yourself on there and then put developer advocate at blah 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 next to it or whatever senior developer advocate then people go like oh like, he oh, said HTML is explain. a real programmer language. Like, uh, this guy, I'm you know, a I should weigh his opinion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, I try to stay away from uh, definitive advice or definitive opinions on on Twitter or something.
1: Would you give that out as a definitive opinion?
0: Yes, that's my. That's the one opinion. Classic <laughs> yeah. dog
1: ate at its own also, tail right there. Also,
0: also. People should have less opinions. Like you don't need to have a yeah. fucking opinion on everything. Like don't like. There's a new thing coming out, and people go immediately. How do I feel about this? You don't have to feel anything about this. You don't. Yeah. The new program language. You can just sit back and go like, I don't care. You know.
1: It doesn't. And it I've doesn't really this- matter. <laughs>
0: I've learned this the hard way. I was wrong about so many things. I thought, you know, the cloud, you know, part of it's just another person's computer. This will never, you know, this is (laughs) why not just friends. So this... I was wrong about that. I When they said mobile computing, everybody will shop on their phone. Me sitting at my Linux desk, I was like, that's not a serious thing. Shopping on your phone. You don't put your credit card info in your phone. And now I'm buying stuff while sitting in the bathroom, right? It's ridiculous. So yeah. I was wrong about that too. Streaming, video, whatever. Like I've predicted nothing correctly. So it I is, try to stand back with my opinions.
1: You know, I have definitely learned that people get really excited about an idea, right? Or they get really pissed off about an idea. And it is kind of weird, right? Because like, you know, even carbon coming out, the amount of just discussion of people hearing about carbon, and you're just like, yeah, it's really just like a, supposed to be like a drop-in for C++ progressive refactoring. Like, hey, who's that actually going to affect? I mean, it has the high chance of affecting me. But overall, yeah. it has a really low chance of affecting most people programming out there. It was shocking to see people who just build, you know, you know, Redux apps all day to be like, well, actually, yeah. Carmen, you know, they should just have used Rust. And you're just like, why? What do what you why does yeah, this yeah, even yeah, matter? Yeah. Like, who are yeah, you even preaching not... to?
0: The one thing I will say what happened in the past few weeks when uh, Bun came out. Um,
1: I made a I... video on it. I'm guilty, by the way
0: no no i look i don't i don't have an opinion on it from a technology perspective but i was so impressed by the project itself and how jared did it Mm -hmm. and like he built like it was so impressive and so inspiring like one guy did this in what was it one year or one and a half years something Mm -hmm. and he's like i can do this better it can be faster and then he goes off and he does it i was like you go man like this is impressive and i I sent him like a a message i was like dude i love it like this is impressive stuff yeah that was one thing where i had an immediate opinion because i was so impressed
1: i i I do i i am very impressed because anything to do with javascript is really really hard i was actually really uh i was shocked to hear he's using jsc over v8 uh v8 is a really it's a very big animal jsc is a at least was a lot more consumable, a lot more understandable yeah, yeah. at one point. So it, it is pretty uh, it is pretty exciting to see something just different, right? Someone actually trying yeah. something really different. I was also really surprised he didn't zig, right? Like, I mean, he yeah, really that was went cool. all out on like all these things. Like not only am I going to do something different, I'm going to do it in yeah, some, yeah. a language that most people have never even heard of. And it's going to be awesome yeah. and great and all that. And so I am very excited to see where it's going. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, the thing that always bothers me is that everyone's just like, boom, fun. This will solve all problems. JavaScript's fast, yeah. you don't have to worry about it. And you're like, no, well, JavaScript's yeah, yeah, exactly. is still JavaScript. No matter what you do, it's still JavaScript. It's not, all, it's not gonna be as fast as something else, not because it's yeah. somehow bad, it's by design that way. Like that is yeah. what makes it easy and fun to write. And I think I'd have a lot more fun writing it if I didn't just keep getting inundated with you just don't even know how great it is. You're like, no, it just is. That's all it is. It's just one yeah. way to do something.
0: <laughs> also, people a week later were like, should we should we use this at work?" I'm like <laughs> if you make decisions like this based on teaser trailers, basically, that's not a good That's not a good way to make decisions.
1: I so, would uh, I still don't even want to use Dino, right? At this point, this far into the project, yeah. using it as a production thing feels scary right it, yeah, it that's feels true. like that's that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure to put on something yeah. that's still not like as mature as something as node that'd be uh oof i have to admit
0: um e s built uh the the ex cTO of figma build it evan evan why what uh, e s built like it was what is it like fifty times faster or something or hundred times faster than webpack or something, and the guy built it in Go and.
1: Oh, SWC or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, so the ES type... build. Oh, and yeah, ES build. Yeah, yeah. That one's super fast. That one's in. Um... That, I, 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 I... That's in Go.
0: I was like, we should switch switch this immediately at work.
1: <laughs> I,
0: I saw the numbers. I was like, we should switch right now. And I have to slip. Well, it's a little rant, but once. I'm sure you can attest this. Once you get used to, and if you're coming from a web application background, you're not used to it. But once you're used to really fast tools where mm. stuff happens in less than a second, you run your tests less than a second, you hit the key and it shows up immediately, and you don't have a delay and you don't have to wait. It's addicting. It's like your feedback loop. You 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 know, in Vim, for example, every every test I run, I just have to hit leader RT, blah, 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 and it goes up in the terminal and run this so many times because i want that immediate feedback yeah if that is slow and it takes five seconds was like run the test and then, there you are here yeah there's the result there's uh, come on yeah and like speed is addicting so it
1: really it really really is uh especially especially with things like typescript because you know before when i used to work on the javascript the javascript land solely it was like it was just javascript so i would write right write, write, yeah, yeah. refresh page Right, right, right. Refresh page, right, right. Like it was just simply the speed of refreshing. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. that was pretty fast because it's local host. Like yeah. there wasn't a lot to it, but then it, it became this fast, thing yeah. where it's like, well, now I got to make it into one file. Okay. You know, I wrote this compiler of JavaScript uh, into a single file via Java 10 years ago. So I'm like, all right, it's pretty fast. Yeah. Bam, boom. You know, like it just happened. And I was like, okay, that kind of works. And then, but that still, it slowed it down. It was an extra step I had to do. Right, yeah. compile, run, Right. compile, run. And it's just like, it's just gotten so slow. Even like things that yeah. work, I will go, okay, compile. This is a 20-second compile. And I'm just waiting on TypeScript, waiting on TypeScript, waiting on TypeScript. All right, we're done. Now I can do it, right? Like, in just the amount of mental overhead yeah. waiting causes, is just, it's kind of wild. That you can actually be I, like, I,
0: I'm i done. I immediately go Command-Tap or whatever and go to, it's it's crazy. Yeah. My mind, like, if I wait for something, it takes five seconds, I, I'm i yeah. gone. In and out tap.
1: Five seconds so. cost five minutes every time. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I I uh um I don't know, by the way, if you need to help off, I I <laughs> I could talk for out. But one thing on this, this sounds crazy. Um this was also 10 years ago when Docker just came out, and there was a guy
1: um Docker was 10 years ago. From... Sorry, sorry for interrupting. Docker was 10 years ago? That's yeah, I think so. Maybe maybe eleven. I thought it was like vagrant or something like that ten years ago.
0: Yeah. Docker, let's uh Oh. Somebody found out. Chat. Do you think? 2013. Your thing. 2013. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, and it's
1: 2023.
0: 20, so yeah, ten years. Yeah, nice. On the to the day. <laughs> to March the day. 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, when this came out, this guy worked. He said they do a lot of stuff with Rayon and and containers and whatnot. So you always have these slow feedback cycles, which is like if you can optimize one thing, optimizing your feedback loop. But they had couldn't do it right because VMs and, and containers. And he said what they did was they sit in front of their computer and then on their laptop they had they had TV shows. So whenever they had you know to, to wait for Docker or Vagrant, they would just watch this TV show because this wouldn't take them out so much because they could just glance over and keep that whole f- the the other screen still there versus you know I'll tap and uh, yeah. switch to a Twitter or whatever or Hacker News or something so this is really weird but it works i tried this with like music videos concert videos
1: That's nice. i feel like i yeah. get lost though because I, I i'm kind of like i get emotionally invested in pretty much everything i mean yeah, well, I, I, you just watch
0: reruns of i don't know oh,
1: yeah, I, I guiltily even watched cobra kai i would say that the acting in that show is exceptionally not that great and even i was just like well i guess i'm watching this now because now i'm emotionally (laughs) invested in these actors that i actually think are stupid but whatever you know like i'm just like oh i can't help it i don't think i could watch a show i i don't think i could
0: well maybe maybe concert video
1: yeah hey that show's great no it's not trash dev uh anyways well i guess we probably should wrap this up uh it is getting yes it is getting a past our dev hour okay this is not called dev hour and a half thorsten
0: well, I'm sorry. I mean, it but was, this was fun. I, I hope this was fun. It we was could fun name for
1: me. it. hour and a half. Uh, actually, yeah, I actually had a ton of fun. Um, I can't even believe it. Uh, I can't believe that you actually decided to come on here in what I gave you like a last minute notice, and you're just like, yeah, okay. Monday,
0: Tuesday, or something. Yeah. I honestly, Until an hour and ten minutes ago, I wasn't sure whether we. St- Still didn't get the time zones right or wrong. I wasn't sure. I was like, let's just see. Like it's my Friday evening. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen.
1: It does, it does, <laughs> so it I'm glad it, does, it worked it out. Hey, that's awesome. And thank you for spending a Friday <laughs> evening. Those are valuable evenings uh, here on Twitch. Hey,
0: I have two kids. This is like any other evening for me. Okay, no. yeah,
1: I'm right there with you. Actually, all days are the same at this point. I'm like, what day is it? Am I working today or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> am I not working today? That's just what I want to
0: know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. I got up at 6 a.m. That doesn't mean it's not Sunday
1: yep that is oh my goodness i got up way too early what time do you go to bed
0: 10 you're so lucky
1: i've been going to bed at like midnight getting up at six it's the no i can't do it i was
0: sleep deprived beginning of this week because it was so hot here and it messed me up completely i'm now only coming out of it yeah like it's it's ridiculous i'm I'm not ashamed to admit it if i don't get uh you know seven hours or something consecutively i'm messed up yeah it's it's nuts
1: i'm kind of like yeah seven and a half kind of guy all right. Uh, yeah. Let me let me get you. Let me make sure we have all of your socials here, right? So if I type in who in the chat, you can see right here. Thorsten Ball Compiler Wizard. That is the title I gave you. Nice, uh, nice, nice. Here's nice. his Twitter, the Interpreter Book and the Compiler or compi- InterpreterBook.com and CompilerBook.com. Exactly. Uh, strong recommendation on the Interpreter Book. Great place to start. Uh, it's actually something I've been wanting to go over on my stream and just like co-build it in Rust or something as I go through it. I feel like that'd be a fun adventure one of these days. That would be cool. I'm always of, I'm sure I'm I, sure it's already this done This would be this would be amazing for you to do in all of these languages
0: that you try. Try it in Rust, try it in Zig. It's it's just 2 2000 lines or whatever. Just if you skip the tests it's less.
1: So okay. Yeah, but it's not the lines of code. Okay, it's all those other yeah. things. I have to like read or Thor- Yeah, read, yeah. <laughs> just copy okay. the code.
0: J- just paste it and then take a transpiler from Go to whatever nice
1: now see you're trying to nerd snipe me i can even feel it right now you're like it would be amazing for your stream
0: it would be really cool
1: why isn't there a compiler for go to rust
0: (laughs) you take you take go and you do something with a graph and then you try to do the same thing and you do it in let's say five other languages and it works roughly the same and then you try to do it in rust and you go i know why doesn't this work
1: i can actually already feel myself like i can feel myself going well time for a bunch of you know rcs i'm gonna just i'm gonna just either arc or rc the the crap out of this thing
0: clone it copy it i don't care go for it
1: yeah (laughs) i can already feel it happening i can i can just imagine in my head because i still can't even build a doubly linked list i don't even know if i can build a list yet there's a there's an article called too many lists
0: yeah, yeah, I read that. I'm fully in the, um, I don't care anymore. I put everything in a vector or in a hash map and use IDs to reference other animal uh, elements. Okay. That's all I do in Rust now.
1: Okay. That's probably not actually a bad way to go about it. It's yeah, there's enough.
0: multiple ways, but that's, you just put stuff in a vector and then you say, oh, this references element one and then you take, I don't know, what is it, U size zero or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to unashamedly admit this. I actually have no idea how to create memory on the heap in Rust. I know that there's structures you that do it. You put it in a box? I know, no. I know that they do that, but how does Box do it? I was literally thinking this this morning like, how does Box put something on the heap? I have no Not idea. Luck. I know. I, I've said, well, how do, where's this mallet I'm just sitting there like, how do you just get memory? I don't know. You mean even, like no. from an
0: operating system perspective?
1: From. Any perspective with Rust, right? At least with like C, you're just like, I want to malloc this much memory, and this much yeah. memory from henceforth shall be known as. And then I just like say this is what it is. But from Rust perspective, yeah. I'm like, is it even calling that? Like, what is it doing? Does it have its own way? I have no. I have no idea. And I just got really yeah, curious this yeah. morning.
0: That would also be interesting. I know. But there's yeah, there's there's multiple ways to do it, and then I, don't know, I guess you have to have a lookup table or something. How what is allocated where and when? And
1: oh yeah, I yeah. I tried to build Malik once, uh, way back in the day for uh, oh. Wasm. Yeah, me too. That was in the KNRC
0: book, right? Well, you, you build your own malloc. I didn't. I, didn't, Malik.
1: I, didn't even, I just went off of. I just read some basic ideas and just built a uh, arena allocator. Nice. And, that's it. I was just like, here we go. You guys, so I, all I know is you got to get a chunk of memory and then you have like a little hidden section. And that's that. It.
0: that that's maybe the, the very first light bulb you have once you go from interpreted language, uh, like JavaScript, Ruby, Python, whatever, to something lower level. It's like, oh, memory. It's a thing. Like I have to actually think about it. And yeah. where does it come from? Is And, you know, in Ruby and Python, you never, ever care. Yeah. JavaScript the same. And that's really I don't know, that was a big milestone but
1: i'm thing. taking up time
0: you want to do your speed run right
1: i do want to do a speed run one last thing i i, I gotta say i've been build, i have to build kind of these lower level things uh in the in the javascript so i have to do i have to be concerned about memory yeah, and yeah. at this point i'm so in the habit that when i think oh i got to loop over an array i only use an array loop because when i see something like for each or map i'm like oh, creating a closure Disgusting, yeah, disgusting yeah, yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah. like i you actually like it? dude it's just i can't even emotionally handle creating yeah, closures yeah. anymore it just like feels painful oh man nice i had to yeah. uh,
0: wasn't there a thing in javascript where you, this was years ago where if you had a loop and you say let i equal zero or something you pull that out because Otherwise, it would be evaluated every time. Length, something like length,
1: this, something. The array length. Ah, so, the
0: length. Yes, yeah. exactly. And the colleague of mine told me this, and I was like, You're kidding. You can't be, th- this can't be true. And he's like, Yeah, do it. Like, pull it out. I was like, What? But then the real, the, the really weird thing about JavaScript is this. It's like incantations of magic where you don't know what the VM or the JIT or whatever mm-hmm. will do with your code. Like, will it optimize this? What happens with this? Is it good? Is it not? Do they already take care of this? Is this a bad pattern that they can optimize? It feels like I don't know walking in Jello. If yeah. you want to optimize for performance, and if you have Rust or C or even Go, I think uh, where it's really explicit, um, I don't know. Feels like walking on ice, maybe not 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 Jello.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Except for the walking on ice part. That sounds dangerous, Thorsten. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't like that one bit. All right. Uh, get with the hell that. out of here. I really appreciate having you on here. Everybody go get interpreterbook.com. He is sharing $0 with me. Uh, and so uh, this is a non-sponsored. This is not an ad. This is just Thorsten being awesome. And I think you're great. And I bought the book and I have even read it. Add it to the shelf. Okay? Nice. Like nice. every other book I've ever bought, I buy it because I believe buying it gives you 30% of the knowledge.
0: That's true. Think about you it. read the thing on the back, that's also worse. That's something I mean, that's worth something. You nice. Know. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye.